0: Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and freshman boys
1: in college desperately looking for a house party. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. On today's episode, Crystal Balls, Witches in the News, and a Ritual for the New Year. I always like New Year's resolutions and stuff, and we talked about yours last time, but I kind of want to redirect this one and talk about, like, what made us happy, how did we grow, different questions like that. Okay, all right. So what made you happy this year? I'm sure that you've
0: prepared. I have prepared. I am so prepared. Give us your TED Talk about how great your year's been. Oh, my God.
1: Well, what made me happy and how did I grow this year? What didn't make me happy is being very, very poor. But I was able to be there for, like, my friends' really important moments, which I am very, very happy about. Like, how I went to Lauren's wedding and was a bridesmaid in her wedding. And same with Kelly's. And I was a bridesmaid in her wedding as well. Mm -hmm. And even I worked on a film with Kelly where she DP'd and it was her first feature film. And so I'm very happy that I got to see this beautiful creature who I've known for five, six years now. Just, Mm -hmm. like, knowing her as, like, baby Kelly, urban cinematographer to fully bloomed Kelly Urban cinematographer and I just mm-hmm. loved being able to support my friends when I was able to.
0: Because a lot that holds a lot of people back, right? Yeah. And like it's kind of used as a um I mean, I don't know anyone else's situation obviously as far as like money and like your boundaries are your boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I really admired that like it didn't it wasn't a I don't have money to do this, so I'm not going to do this. It was I don't have money to do this, so I'm going to find money to do this (laughs) I'm going to figure this out because just because it's not easy doesn't mean it's
1: not important to you yeah exactly and especially I was so overwhelmed at the beginning of the year being like how am i gonna do this all this is so crazy Mm -hmm. i remember yes everyone remembers (laughs) one year ago (laughs) and then i was excited that i got to direct petra's music video because that was super unexpected i had literally kind of just thrown in the towel for this year and had been like okay this is me trying to be there for my friends moments there's not going to be a lot of like focus on myself but it like came out of nowhere it was so much fun to do And producing a film that's going to be in Sundance in a few weeks. Which is a huge fucking deal. Which is a
0: huge fucking deal. It's (laughs) a huge fucking deal, and no one is paying enough attention to it. Okay?
1: I think everyone is. No, not enough. (laughs) Thank you. But so that was, like, extraordinarily unexpected. So it was very cool that some of these career things lined up, especially when I hadn't gone. Because with grad school, it's like, okay, I'm going to make this film this year, this film this year, thesis film this year. Like, you have a trajectory and you know what your deadlines are and how it's going to kind of shake out. And this is, like, life now, I guess, where Mm -hmm. nothing is certain and nothing is real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But this is the most real because it's, like, up to this point, nothing has been real. Right. Right.
1: I don't know. (laughs) I'm still grappling with the trauma of leaving higher education. Yeah, that's real. It still hurts deeply. I was also proud that I was able to get on depression medication and I am now off of it, but I was very excited that I was able to do that thing that has kind of been that Indiana stigmatized. Do you really need it? Are you sure? Are you sure? You Is don't it seem bad? like something's wrong. Oh, yeah. Maybe you, you know? just need
0: to exercise. Yeah. Have you had any water today?
1: Do you play Sudoku? <laughs> <laughs> exercise the mind.
0: Oh, God. And it's like,
1: no, I fucking hate numbers.
0: Are you sure you want this whole pack of uh, crosswords? Do you like Mad Libs? Maybe I love I Mad Libs. you just need to, like, you know other what? people have it worse? Maybe
1: that's it. Maybe I just haven't played Mad Libs enough, and it would just <laughs> make my depression go away. Yeah, give me a noun. Uh, see? Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I don't even know. But what about an adverb? Do you even remember what an adverb is? Yes, they end with L-Y. Yep. Angrily. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a kind of wild year. Yeah.
0: It sounds like very transformative.
1: Yeah, I hope so. Okay, well, we can move on now. No, tell me about what made you happy and how did you grow this past year. And think of something. And think
0: of what I have written as I didn't do shit. But that was because <laughs> I felt very...
1: Targeted by
0: this question. Good. Felt <laughs> very combative. Good. <laughs> what made me happy? I mean, I got to travel a lot, which That's is nice. awesome. I yeah. got to travel. I felt like I did a lot of personal growth and like introspection. I think that the phrase trauma of leaving higher education, education thing is I very real. <laughs> I think it is though. I think it is like a traumatic like ripping out of the womb like I did take two years off between undergrad and graduate school just to work mm-hmm. but there was always sort of like I know exactly what I'm doing next and that's grad school yeah so leaving that and then having to re-enter the world where no one really cares about you or yeah. like you're not special anymore you're not constantly being qualified is like a very traumatic experience except especially for someone that's like such a people pleaser and yeah. like yeah so very much concerned with being the best that like if
1: I'm not the best, I'm basically the worst. Yeah. You know? I was thinking of it earlier. Higher education is set up in a way where you have classes you have to take Mm -hmm. but you can also kind of like pick what you want to learn about and Mm -hmm. grow and it's just very unlike life where it's kind of just here you are you're in it. Yeah. And you get what you get. And you get what you get. Yeah. So You're always in math 125. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, so it's just interesting how in higher education on some level you do have the power still and right now I just feel so powerless.
0: <laughs> I do. I feel exceptionally powerless over yeah. like th- my own trajectory and also like every moment I'm still in like that mindset of graduate school or school of where I'm not if I'm not actively working on my Anything? project, yeah. I am Freaking wasting out. time.
1: Yeah. I feel the exact same all the time.
0: And it's like anytime I, like, even begin – I was talking to my mom about this. It's, like, becoming a real problem. Anytime I sit down to draw, Mm -hmm. I get dizzy. Really? No. Like, very dizzy that I have to, like, lay down and my stomach will hurt. And I don't know if it's because, like, oh, maybe I, like, just can't do, like, those very intricate drawings anymore. Or is it just that I'm so nervous to start? Probably that one. That, like, my body is, like – Maybe just lay down and play the animal restaurant on your iPhone. Do you love animal restaurant? It loves you, too. <laughs> it does. I have so many cat Aww. cat employees. So, yeah. But besides that, like, I've been trying really hard to work on, like, self-awareness and, like, questioning. Um, being interested in mm-hmm. why I make certain choices, why I do certain things. And being just, like, very conscious because up until this point, everything has been about survival, I feel like. Yeah. Just making it through. And now it's really more about, like, okay, Tara, like, you can have a good life, you know? Like, you can have all of, maybe not all the things you wanted. But um, well, maybe. But, like, maybe. a lot of the things that you want. Yeah. You know? So, like, how are you going to make that happen? Because um, daddy's not going to come pick you up at the airport and make it happen anymore, you know? Like, he's not just going to, like, be able to call your teacher and tell them that you have a sick family member to get the day off you know it's like you you have to do this for yourself besides that fell in love that's cool which I didn't think was ever gonna happen again I still Still don't entirely trust it (laughs) I really don't because like I mean we talked about this last October I think where you were like we are driving back from Salem Mm -hmm. and I had just like started seeing Michael Mm -hmm. and I you asked me, Tara. Like every time you've been in love, you've been thoroughly disappointed. Like, how can you still consider yourself a romantic? And at first, my initial response was like, was fuck you. Was kind of like, was kind of like something along. The, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember the sentiment being like, well, it doesn't mean that like I still don't want those things. It just means that I don't know why just I can't have it. You know. Um, but then I was like. Oh, like every, you know, like there must be something wrong with me. Like I am I must be too needy. I must be like an absolute bitch. I'm, there must be something wrong with me. I'm, I expect too much. I've watched too many Disney movies. And um, John Smith is not going to come for me and take a bullet from me. And that's the only way I know how to measure love. And so it made me into like a really big cynic. And then as I realized I was starting to develop feelings for this person, I was like, this is just... You have Stockholm syndrome, baby. Like you're, you're a psycho. You're crazy. There's no way this is real. Like you're just (laughs) tricking yourself again because, like you, you know, because you're. That's what's expected of your gender. But now I feel more comfortable in it. I think good. And then as soon as this episode comes out, I'm gonna get dumped. So trust no one. Trust. Listen to the insecure
1: fourteen-year-old that lives in your heart. (laughs) No one likes you. You're so ugly. Your braces like make you look like a doofus. But you know what? You're right. My chemical romance is great. It is great. It's a good band. It's a good band. They
0: make good quality songs Man. Okay, anyway. So I don't I don't know about the past but I know about the future because I've got my trusty
1: crystal ball. Okay, that was an amazing segue, but we have one more thing to tell them. Oh Jesus fucking Christ. Before we move on. God damn it. Okay, <laughs>
0: it okay, was okay. so good though. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just, we'll put this in the beginning or something, right? Like, we'll edit it and it'll sound, like, really cool and, like,
1: crisp and flow, right? Okay, God, thank goodness. <laughs> of course, of course.
0: How have you guys ever heard of Patreon? A uh, who? Patreon. Like a-, a patron? Yeah, like a patron of the arts? I love those. You know, if, if you know, podcasters are, like, artists and um, artists that need to eat
1: and yeah. pay for their hosting agents. Do you guys know how much ramen costs? At my bodega, it's 75 cents. Oh, that's disgusting. I know. That's kind of overpriced, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So that's what I eat.
0: All <laughs> She's right, <continue>. a song <laughs> dance producer. And Alicia has a hard time paying her rent. <laughs> so we opened a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash which yes. The name of the podcast. We made it super easy like a baby could do it. I love it. So if you go on there. Um, you're gonna read this cute little thing that I wrote. Whoop whoop. And basically we have right now we have two levels. First one is one dollar. So if you just donate one dollar, that sustains our our friendship and our love for you. But babies, baby witches. If you go up to five dollars, Alicia and I have started this new mini-series. It's called Vault of the Obscure.
1: Oh, dude, snap! That sounds so good. Isn't it yo? Yeah. So what what is it called? Vault of the Obscure. Right? Okay. Alicia and I spent
0: a long time coming up with this title. And we didn't tell Marcel about it. So I hope he likes it. Me too. It's spicy. At the $5 level, you guys are going to get a special Vault of the Obscure episode on the first Wednesday of every month. Mm -hmm. And then what's going to happen is yeah, like the first or second month if you sign up, you're going to be going with us as we create the Vault of the Obscure. You come in six months later, you're going to get one episode a month, plus the entire archive of Ooh. Vault of the Obscure. $5 is not going to be the highest of the tiers. We have a whole other section of tiers that we're going to roll out. But at if we get to the point of getting $250 a month, we're going to end up putting out two episodes a month of Vault of the Obscure. Ooh! So then it is literally like you are getting a weekly podcast from love Alicia this. and I.
1: I love this.
0: Yeah, and... We, I mean, we heard you. One of the big things was like, I just want more. You know, yeah. I want, I want more content. So we were like, well, because Alicia and I work, Marcel works, we're not in a position to be doing everyone a full length episode. Yeah. So this is our compromise for now, and hopefully, we'll get to a point where we can just do this.
1: Also, can you imagine how much ramen that could feed me if you donate five dollars a month, dude? Okay, that's like almost a week. That's almost that's a like week a of work food. week. Oh my god, of lunches. <laughs> I could take half to work and then eat the half for dinner.
0: Mm-hmm. So what could happen? So if it's 75 cents, that means at the end on Friday, you could have yourself a little hard-boiled egg with that ramen. Oh, my
1: God. You
0: guys,
1: treat your girl.
0: Treat Shit. your girl. Shit. So that's our big announcement. And much like announcements coming from the obscure, coming as if from the clouds within what is a crystal ball. Ooh.
1: I'm full of
0: them. What are we talking about today?
1: Crystal balls, bitch. What's up? What's up? The mystery. The The mystique. The shininess. The The obscure. (laughs) What does it all mean? I don't know, dude, but it sounds like it's going to be better than tea leaves. Exactly. But we got to talk about the history first. Okay, I'm ready. I like history. These very fragile, very breakable balls have been around for a hella long time, guys. In first century A.D. Oh my god, that's like... Number one. <laughs> I was running like, 1400s, they're in the Middle Ages. How do people make balls like first this? First century A.D., Pliny the Elder spoke about the use of crystal balls by soothsayers, who were mostly druids at the time. Back then, Latin was the language, Abi. So they were called crystallum orbis. Do you know what that means? you get it? You get it? Orbis? Like the orbit's gum. Crystalline.
0: <sighs> Like the little crystals that are inside the orbiscum gum to make your breast so nice and delicious. Uh,
1: you nailed it. Thank you. A plus. A plus. Yes. Pretty obvious how we got crystal ball from the Latin translation. Those who gazed into the crystal balls were called speculari. Ooh. Oh, like speculum?
0: Ooh. To see, to, spe- to spy. Spec. Spe- to speck. Spectacles. Speck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Specking, yeah. looking. It's double eye. And these people actually preferred a sea green mineral called beryl, which they shaped and polished into a ball. The mineral is thought to be more magnetically charged than other minerals, and that helps it connect to the moon's psychic energies. We're all about connecting to the moon, because the moon's pretty cool. We love the moon. I'm a moon stand. We love the moon. In the book Crystal Gazing, Its History and Practice, it stated that crystal gazing was very popular among early civilizations, including the Pawnee and Iroquois Native American tribes, the Egyptians, the Persians, the Chinese, and the Yucatan. Like, everyone. Everyone was into the crystal gazing. Everyone was into looking at something and trying to tell the future. That's interesting. Isn't that weird? We all have that in common, you guys. Which makes you think that, like,
0: something was happening, right? Am I, like, wild in the feeling, like, whenever people independently come up with the same idea, that I'm like, okay, this is meaningful to humanity? Aliens. (laughs) just because the
1: <laughs> white people didn't come up with the pyramids doesn't mean aliens did it
0: I don't do we know though do we list. know
1: so by the 5th century AD scrying was pretty popular within the Roman Empire it was around that time that the Christian church deemed it heretical as with most fun things in life you know
0: oh yeah cuz it's around that time like the Christian church what was becoming like the Christian church mm-hmm. um was like starting to formulate its structure right and the best thing that keeps people together is coming around the thing that they hate. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if we hate this and we hate this and we hate them together. We're
1: bonded for life. That means we're real, Mm -hmm. right?
0: So that makes sense to me.
1: It did make a little comeback in the Middle Ages, though. Stories told of Merlin using a crystal ball to help King Arthur. And some people in power think money, baby, like dukes and lords would own a magic ball. But just kind of for decoration, it was an interior design aesthetic of the Middle Ages. Like a dream catcher. Yes. I don't know if that's of the Middle Ages, but that is an aesthetic. For certain people. For certain people. In the 16th century, John Dee, who was a royal advisor to Queen Elizabeth I, found himself kind of obsessed with crystal balls and scrying sessions. One day, Dee met a traveling scryer named Edward Kelly, and the two men began scrying together, scrying together, and claimed They're to fucking, that's what mm, she's saying. Mm, and <laughs> scrying. And claimed to visualize and communicate with angels. I see the angels in your eyes, John. Ooh, how romantic. They both kept notes of those conversations and believed that the angels were a direct line to God. At one point, Edward Kelly received an angel message that the two men must share everything, even
0: Wives.
1: I'm seeing the angels in your wife's eyes, John. (laughs) Exactly. Even though their relationship dissolved quickly after this, John D. did write in his personal diary, pactum factum, which translated to English meaning a done deal. So did they swap wives? Or he killed him. I don't know,
0: dude. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm like a little bit obsessed with the John D. and Kelly story. Really? You want a wife
1: swap as well?
0: No. I'm okay. obsessed with this angelic language that they were trying to build. Mm. So they were trying to describe what was called Enochian or celestial speech. With the idea being that the only reason they weren't constantly in direct contact with angels is because we don't speak the same language.
1: Well, uh, that makes sense. I guess
0: there's like no Duolingo at oh, the time. Okay. So Enochian was allegedly the language God used to speak everything into existence and then taught it to Adam when he was created. But when Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, they lost their ability to speak and supposedly created the proto-Hebrew language from what they remembered from Enochian. The idea is, is that Edward Kelly is, he's the grifter in this situation. Yeah, of course he is. So John D. actually thought that all of this shit was happening. He was 100% on board. And Edward Kelly comes in and he's like, I don't know, God kind of wants me to fuck your wife. I don't know what to do. Guess you got to give me a close. He wants us to share everything. Are those shoes new? Give me that. Ooh, nice house. How much? (laughs) How much? I don't know, God says I'm going to share everything. Mm -hmm. When studied by linguists in the 20th century, they found that Enochian isn't a consistent language. Because it's made up. (laughs) And its syntax is far closer to English than ancient Hebrew. An example being that their term for kingdom is Londo. Which is basically London, because British people think we're all fucking stupid. <laughs> but I'm I'm just so amazed. They have this whole written language that has like different script and stuff like that. It's what a long con. It, oh my gosh. Ugh. and it's really interesting. Like the idea of they were basically trying to catalog tongues when people go into tongues and they they're praying and they have like this spiritual experience that has like the same pattern as Enochian. Mm. And the thought that like we can make everyone's lives so much better if we just like bridge the language barrier between celestial beings and ourselves. I just find that fascinating. I would love to get my hands
1: on like some of those things that they wrote down. So if you're astral projecting and you run into an angel, can you actually talk to that angel? I don't know if you'd have to like talk psychically. I always
0: imagine that they would
1: just speak English. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I don't know. How privileged. How privileged of me to just imagine (laughs) that everyone else just will conform to my needs. I know. In 1824, England passed a law that made divination illegal. However, in the Victorian era, spiritualism came in full force and crystal balls made a comeback. So you can't get us, England. Sorry about you. It's a spooky place. You can't control those spooky British people. Have you seen Sweeney Todd? (laughs) Everyone's spooky there. In 1914, an American spiritualist and vaudeville magician named Claude Alexander Conlin, or to his fans, Alexander. See Alexander. Alexander the Crystal Seer, or Alexander the Man Who Knows. Okay. Regardless of his name, Claude Alex Conman made a profession of doing illusions and using a crystal ball as a prop during his performances. He was also revealed to be an actual conman. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Alex would do psychic readings for members of the audience. All lies, you guys. All lies. Once he retired, he published a book called The Life and Mysteries of the Celebrated Dr. Q, which I did not realize was another name of his. Oh, my how God. How rude. Anyways, he revealed how to deceive gullible clients and audiences. What a way to write a book. That's like OJ's, yeah, I did it. Yeah, if I'd done it. <laughs> if i did done is it. how I would have done it. <laughs> Another thing, he married like seven, maybe 11 times, and sometimes to more than one woman at a time, which is kind of crazy, but I guess doable back then. Didn't that? Yeah, he's scam got like 20 like names. I'm surprised he didn't have 20 wives. That's true. Ta- call me Dr. Q. Also, he had said he killed a street mugger one time and an Alaska Gold Rush con man by the name of Jefferson Soapy Smith. Oh, God. Although there is no evidence that he actually killed Soapy, so much so that Soapy's biographies never mention Alex. Like what a way hilarious. to be snubbed, you know? You'll lose all street cred when you start doing card tricks on a stage, Alex. Like you should know that. Also, I really
0: love all of those old like Conman nicknames. Soapy. Soapy. And like um, everyone's like Dirty, the kid. Dan. <laughs> Dirty Dan. Yes, Dirty Dan. <laughs> Let's bring that back. Yes. The closest I had was I knew a kid in high school named Spud. Ew. Because he looked like a potato? I don't know. But I remember he had a staph infection once and it was pretty gross. Ew. Anyway,
1: moving on. Another thing that happened in the early 1900s was the popularity of Roma fortune tellers, known in popular culture as like gypsies. So those came into existence in the world. And these were people coming from India and Eastern Europe into more Western Europe. Obviously, the Catholic Church didn't like them because they don't like any kind of fun. But with the Roma fortune teller came the roaming carnival. These people would go from city to city, put up their table with velvet cloth and crystal ball and read fortunes for money to those who stopped and talked to them. So we also have to be careful about our use of the word
0: gypsy. There's a lot of conflict about who can use that word who that word hurts. So as a general rule, I would say for some people it is derogatory, right? Mm -hmm. So baby witches, I would probably say be careful with that word, you know?
1: Roma fortune tellers. Yes.
0: It's longer, but it's safer. Exactly. We love that. I know that you enjoy putting little feathers in in your hair and like wearing purple and beads and stuff like that, but that just makes you eccentric and fun. It doesn't
1: make you a gypsy. Yeah, don't do that.
0: Okay, moving
1: on. Moving on. Crystal balls in pop culture. But before we jump over to how the crystal ball has impacted film and television, we have one more important person to shout out Miss Jean Dixon. Have you heard of this broad? Who is this woman? Oh my God. Jean Dixon was an important astrologer and psychic of the 20th century. We are modern day, baby. On May 13, 1956, she predicted that the 1960 presidential election would be dominated by labor and won by a Democrat, that's in quotes, who would then be also in quotes, assassinated or die in office, though not necessarily on his first term. Oh my goodness. So she then had a Professor Trelawney reversal in 1960 where she said Nixon would win. But on November 8, 1960, John F. Kennedy won the election as President of the United States, and on November 22nd, 1963, JFK was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. My goodness. How did she know? I don't know. How did she know? She, what a like awful thing to just predict. Yes. Like so left field. Mm-hmm. John Allen Palos, a mathematician at Temple University, made up the term the Gene Dixon effect, which is the tendency to promote a few correct predictions while ignoring a larger number of incorrect predictions. <laughs> So this could literally be the basis of how J.K. Rowling created the Professor Trelawney character in Harry Potter. That's amazing. It could be. Jean Dixon died at Sibley Memorial Hospital in Washington, D.C. on January 25th, 1997 after suffering from cardiac arrest. Her last words were, <laughs> I knew this would happen. Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me?
0: That's what it said. I called it, bro. I called it... <laughs> I fucking love that.
1: All right, all right, all right. So now to like pop culture and media. I told you so. I fucking
0: told you. (laughs) Continue.
1: I'm sorry. Y'all never listen to me. (laughs) Y'all
0: never listen to me. None of this would have happened if you just listened to me.
1: Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz met with Professor Marvel, who spoke about an oncoming tornado. The Wicked Witch of the West also spies on Dorothy through her crystal ball. Dorothy even begins crying later in the film when she sees an image of Auntie M in the crystal ball. Man, I don't remember anything about this movie. I don't remember these details at all. <laughs> Who is Auntie M? Isn't that Uncle Ben's wife?
0: Auntie M is like the aunt that takes care of her. She's an old lady with the white hair,
1: and he, she's I like... remember the dog, the Tin Man, the Lion, mm-hmm. a straw man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Scarecrow, it and it was in color. And Kinda. it was in color. It was yeah, the beginning
0: color. was during the Dust Bowl and it was in black and white. But Auntie yeah. M is like the mother figure. The
1: I even read the book. I don't remember anything about the story. <laughs> Anyways, the crystal ball prop in The Wizard of Oz was put up for auction once the movie was released and sold for $110,000. And some of that money was donated to a New Jersey teen arts program. Another surge of mystique for the crystal ball happened in the nineteen eighty eight film Big with Tom Hanks. Oh god, I have such weird feelings about that movie. Great. Let us know.
0: Right now? Sure. It's fucking weird, okay? So he's like a little boy in a man's body. That adult woman has sex with him. So on some level, she's like attracted to like his childishness, which like says a lot about the issues that she's got going on. And then at the end, when she finds out that he's a little kid, she's like drops him off at home like she's like after the dance or whatever and then she's like call me in 20 years or whatever and I'm like you're gonna be like
1: 58 lady I don't remember this movie either it's freaking weird
0: (laughs) he has a bunk bed they have sex on a bunk bed I'm like you must know that this person
1: is a child is a
0: child on some level like and it also says a lot about how attractive men are viewed in pop culture because Mm -hmm. it's like the innocence and childishness of men is like accepted, and on some level, like it's considered endearing, and it's meant to bring down on a woman to like, like take her off of her pedestal. On some level, I'm talking like that. Peter Griffin. I'm talking like um, Homer Sim- Simpson. Homer Simpson. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, all, men are considered like still incredibly valuable and like interesting and charming when they're like absolute toddlers but then you have like women with careers and expectations and then it's like calm down toots you know it's like (laughs) chill out karen don't get your
1: panties in a bundle yeah Yeah. don't be a
0: fucking bummer okay you know we're trying to play some floor piano with what's his name the other famous actor but i did really like tom hanks in i mean
1: you can't not like him in the
0: new movie the mr rogers movie beautiful brilliant cried indefinitely still crying But continue. Zoltar.
1: Anyways, so Zoltar. Well, that like fortune. Don't fuck children. I'm just saying. Don't fuck children. Do not fuck children. Zoltar fortune machines, those things. They have like a Roma fortune teller in there. That's the word we're using. You give it some money, then it lights up. It's a bit wonky. It spits out a paper fortune. So those existed before the film Big, but they definitely blew up afterwards, and you can still find Zoltar machines in the dingy carnival places like Coney Island.
0: Oh, that's near us. That's so close to us. We should go do one.
1: I have before.
0: What? Yeah. What did, Do you remember your fortune? It's
1: literally, like, hidden. What do you like, mean? Like, you kind of have to go, like, walk the outskirts of that little carnival area, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, right there, by itself. Kind of spooky. That is yeah. scary. I do not remember my fortune, unfortunately. I just have bad memory.
0: Yeah, what's going on with I you? I don't know. <laughs>
1: what, if, what are you suppressing? I'm just thinking I have too many thoughts that I'm just losing all the other <laughs> ones at all times. <laughs> Everything's dropping. Other films and TV where crystal balls are seen include Aladdin, Harry Potter, Gilligan's Island, The Munsters, and even Rugrats. Wait, excuse me? What? Yeah. I oh, guess if- I feel like it's Angelica... Was Angelica, oh, Angelica yeah. or
0: maybe Tommy does like a crystal ball episode. I think and they, they all, both do it. And they in have that like episode. a thing about. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've even got that cute crystal ball emoji that's just included when you buy a phone. It's just there, mm-hmm. hanging out. Mm-hmm. So crystal balls are just so much part of pop culture, even when you're not like really thinking about it. Yeah. Totally. Weird. So maybe you're thinking, how I do this? Yeah. How do I do it? What do I do? What do I mean? mean, I just
0: like. You get the ball, I, I go on Amazon. That's it? Go on Amazon. You okay. buy the ball. Okay. You pay the bare minimum of shipping. Yeah, no. Because you're like, I'm not in a rush to learn how like, I'm going to die.
1: I hope you're Amazon priming it. <laughs> it should arrive two days, no shipping. Yeah. Or I think I got one at Spencer's. I think you did too. But that one, which, I mean, it was awesome. Not going to lie, it was awesome. But you do, like, plug it into the wall, and then it, like, has the fog move around and stuff. Oh, really? That's... <laughs> and I don't think you're supposed to do that when no. actually crystal balling.
0: Unless you're, you've are you watched, uh what is it? The Witch Flower.
1: Oh, Mary and the Witch's Flower? Mary and the
0: Witch's Flower, because electricity is a form of magic.
1: I really like how angry you got during that movie. I... She texted me out of nowhere was so
0: mad and so tired. And I was like, I waited up until eleven thirty to finish this movie alone. Did you know that's
1: my cat's favorite movie?
0: Is that really your cat's favorite yeah. movie? She
1: will watch it. She has
0: peak. It has a lot of cat um representation. yeah, she very much likes animated movies. That's interesting because I say that like animals may not be interested in animated movies because like it's not close enough to like real life. But she seems, she's got such strange consciousness. She's just strange. <laughs> That's so interesting. Might be the colors. So you want to use a crystal ball. Okay. First Tell thing me. you got to do is get your ass inside. Kay. Because just like a magnifying glass, if your crystal ball is touched by direct sunlight, it would create a super hot death beam and burn your
1: family's crops <laughs> to ash. So you should store it not by a window then?
0: No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Okay. So you're going to pull the curtains like you're fucking Dracula <laughs> and light two candles. I'm thinking maybe purple. Because that's like psychic energy cool. and dreams. And then white, I'm thinking, because that's just like overall good cleansing energy. Perfect. The super dark room makes sure that the images that you're seeing are not just reflections from your window. And the two candles. How awkward. Can- I know people were like, Oh, I'm seeing a window. A window <laughs>
1: it's a sign. with my
0: neighbor. And
1: he's Naked.
0: he's having sex with my husband.
1: Wow. What a fortune though. Yeah. I mean it's going to come true cuz you're yeah. psychic. Because you're psychic.
0: In addition, the two candles are going to cast light that's going to help assist in the creation of shadowy images. If you want to smoke cleanse, that's great, but casting a circle of salt and calling on good spirits to bathe you in light and protection is great too. Did you get yourself a sick fucking bell yet? Because I've been talking about bells the past two episodes. Ring 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 ding ding ding. You're going to ground yourself, lighten incense, maybe bust into some of those binaural beats, breathe deeply while gazing into the ball, but not staring. You're gazing gently. You're not looking for anything right now, okay? Mm -hmm. This is kind of like the astral projection episode. We're not even thinking about trying to see anything. Yeah. Because that is just going to give you anxiety, and then you're going to get too focused on your breathing, and then you'll start to think about how delicate your body is. That's true. And that any moment, you could be killed by a meteor. Anyway, you're going to do this for about... 10 to 15 minutes. Just breathing and relaxing and emptying our minds, grounding ourselves. I remember when we were in college, you were talking about a class you were taking, which was dealing with actors. Mm -hmm. And you talked about. It's probably called directing. (laughs) No, but it was a specific class that was like how to lead actors. Because you can direct and tell people what to do, but there's something special about like teaching actors how to embody a character and talk to them the right way. Mm -hmm. And you talked about mindfulness. But I don't think you called it that at the time. And you talked about how you were like telling them, I want you to notice your feeling of the feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I want you to notice the temperature of the air. And does it feel different on your hands versus like under your clothes? I want you to think about what does the air smell like? You know, what how does your hair feel? Being really mindful in your body, not focusing too much on it, but like, taking time to notice and settle back into your body because so often we're like in these temporal like psychic realms all the time because as modern humans we're thinking about 10 million things mm-hmm. all the time and answering text messages and working on our animal restaurant. That's going to be a success. This is how you're going to do it. You're going to place the ball on a stand in front of you. I know you have to buy a fucking stand too, I guess. You're going to lay your hands on the crystal for a couple minutes and visualize your own energy flowing into it, charging it with intention and power. Think about what color that energy is. Maybe consider how warm your hands feel on the cold crystal. Imagine Mm -hmm. the crystal getting warmer. Do you have any questions? You're going to say them out loud. So maybe don't do this at Christmas dinner. And do it with feeling and not just like in delivery, but do you know that feeling when you're like meditating or you're reading tarot or whatever it is that you do and you feel yourself like kind of sitting within your spirit and aligning with the energy of your intention, like that kind of feeling. Like when you're not just like, does my boyfriend love me tarot cards? It's like you, you embody like that whole feeling of, of like desire and want and question and insecurity and like moving that energy into the crystal. And you're gonna take your hands off that ball. Okay. Look deeply into the crystal, allow your eyes to relax and focus like it's a magic eye poster. And then, what, like, what are you going to see? The first thing you should see is smoke. And the smoke may come in different colors. I looked at a couple different resources. One had a lot of associations with the different colors of smoke. Mm-hmm. And others were like, no, like you are a conduit. You, know, you are the electricity of this message that you're pulling from the astral plane or from the spirit world or wherever. And this ball is just the tool, you know, it's the mouthpiece, it's whatever, and its job is to create something visual through the lens of, that is your psychic energy. So whatever those colors are, that's what it's going to mean to you. And the same thing goes for the images that are going to appear out of the smoke. You know, there isn't a specific lexicon of images like how in the tea leaf reading was like a mushroom means a breakup Mm -hmm. or like an arrow or a snake means something. We were all confused like, is it an arrow? Is it a wiggly line? I'm not really sure. Yeah. So it seems that the images you are seeing are being filtered through your own spiritual subconscious. If you see a bear, that bear is not going to be the same thing to you as it is to me. Like a bear might mean UCLA to you. Mm -hmm. It might mean... Death. Sexy bear. Sexy bear. (laughs) crystal
1: ball. Hello. Hello. So
0: you got to write this shit down. If you're not keeping a divination diary, you got to get one because that smoky crystal image of a train may not mean anything to you in present day, but it could mean a lot in the future when you're like deciding whether or not you're going to race that train. Once you're done, sit back from your crystal ball, allow the images to fade and take another deep breath. Cleanse your space again so nothing from the astral or spiritual plane attaches itself to you or to your crystal ball. Because a lot of people seem to think that while this is a tool to connect you to that other place, like that other place connection is very direct. So like a little doodad like spyware can come in. And then you got like the guy from Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Do not look beyond the curtain as I'm jerking off. Sorry, okay. (laughs) Um, For real. And like we said before, you want to cover the ball with a dark opaque fabric so it doesn't burn down your fucking house. Great. You're protecting your family. Please do. Not only from spirits, but also from a fiery death. Please. So where are you going to get one of these? You're going to get some with money. Yeah. Now remember that the crystal ball is just a tool to help you, the seer, focus and amplify your own power. You don't need to be getting like a $2,000 crystal ball.
1: But I want one.
0: You don't need it,
1: baby. Okay.
0: Classic crystal ball is actually usually made with glass. And you thought it was going to be with quartz. And that's what I thought too. But apparently, pure quartz appears naturally at only about two inches in diameter. They don't get that much bigger. And generally come with like a lot of flaws. So you just have to glue it together. (laughs) What they do is they, companies will shatter and like grind up large quantities of quartz and sometimes other minerals that are kind of clear and then reconstruct them into a sphere. And they're going to be, like, really expensive. I was looking on Etsy, and there's one for $80, but it's only, like, 7 centimeters in diameter. It's, like, this big. That's
1: so crazy. You're like,
0: $80 plus $20 shipping. You can also use rose quartz, smoky quartz, or really any kind of material. Again, you are the power plug to this thing. Black obsidian is pretty popular, but it seems to reflect maybe a little bit too much of me. Okay. And it's going to be a little bit like I'm seeing myself from, like, uh, oops, I opened up the front camera. Yep. I'm like, no, my Terrifying, Yeah. (laughs) So, why you want to do this? I'm not sure. Maybe you just have some fun, Jan. To tell the future. Because it's so much fun. If you're a little tired of tarot, but you can't force yourself to get into like tea, <laughs> oh,
1: crystal God, ball gazing so could be
0: a fun way to add a new kind of divination to your life. Also, they're like really pretty. They are pretty. Like so pretty that they're a part of feng shui. Ooh. So, this is where, if you're also going to try and get into feng shui, where you're going to put your crystal ball while it's underneath, it's opaque, velvety,
1: beautiful. Cloth. amazing tell me
0: you can either put it in the southwest part of it you gotta get a compass yeah, first. first
1: off i don't know what that means <laughs> you gotta
0: look at a map get a compass <laughs> and then you're gonna figure out where your house is yes and you're gonna find the southwest area of your house mm-hmm. and that's gonna be if you need to create harmony and light in love and marriage so okay. that's the fucking one that's nice so if you put it in the northeast part of your house that's going to be for personal growth and self-cultivation. If you put it in the West, that's for children. Whoops. But also creativity. Oh, man. How, do you get to choose? I don't think you get to choose, oh, but you God. could just be abstinent. Like, that's okay. maybe our future president, Mike Pence, wants us to be, I guess. All right. Mother. And then if you put it in the center of your home, it's to bring light and balance in the heart of your home. Oh. Which, I don't know if my home has a heart, because it's not a living creature. It might be your living room. I guess so. Yeah. Only light and balance in the living room. <laughs> But it seems to be that if you understand your home as having a bunch of these energy cords and stuff like that, that sometimes get tangled either between roommates or between siblings or between you and your husband that's fucking the neighbor, I guess, that you saw in the crystal ball. Ah, um, so th- much pressure. This object is meant to settle and bring balance to those energy cords. Okay. That sounds nice. You can also use it as a weapon. Okay. How? You could throw it. Oh. At an intruder. <laughs> Would it break? <laughs> his skull are we worried about it well yeah (laughs) Fuck. he's dead you could burn the intruder to death with the sun okay or like little passing by ants oh i hope not i'm sorry oh or you could threaten to gaze into it to find out if your husband of six years who you trusted ate the last thin mint and that's Mm -hmm. a weapon of its own it's called psychological abuse
1: yeah fuck you jerry fuck you fuck you (laughs) hello here we are with witches in the news and okay so it's a new year new us we're starting this year's witches in the news a little more posy. there are only so many murders orphan children and scam artists a podcast can take so on today's segment we're only talking about good things okay all right cool Just have a small break and help that positive energy, like, replenish. And don't worry, we'll get back to all the sad things next episode. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Get ready. All right, so this is cute. Get ready. The International Quidditch World Cup is coming in July 2020. Whoa. I think most people are aware by now that Quidditch is actually a sport and not just something only played in Harry Potter. But if you didn't know that, I'm about to blow your fucking mind. It's a sport of two teams of seven players. Do you remember the positions, Tara?
0: Okay, so there's the snitch grabber called okay. the the fast boy. No? Nah. The swift kid. That's closer. The swifter. The swifter wet jet. so much closer. <laughs> um, there's also the um, the one that Ron Weasley was, which was um, the boppy one. The boppy? Because he, he, like, bops them. The Boggard? Was he the boppy one? He, like, his job was to the stand Weasley in front of the twins gold. The twins were the boppy
1: ones. And then there's,
0: like, the other one
1: that's got, like, the big. Oh, you're talking about, okay, like, he's goalie.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then there's the other ones that are the bludgeoners. Yes. And okay. That's Is that the term? No. But they bludgeon. But, They have, yes. like, little bats.
1: Yes. And then there's the um. referee. No, that one doesn't count. And there's Snape. No, the people who actually play the game. Fuck. Do you remember? That's it. Okay. That that was pretty good though. And the captain. In the, the captain. Wood. Captain Wood. Wolver- <laughs> Oliver Wood. Yeah. Okay, so we've got the three chasers. Okay. We've got the. Oh no! I should have written this down. The boppers. <laughs> we got the two boppers. <laughs> and the swift we got guy. the seeker no the seeker and we got the keeper and the
0: keeper and the and the, <laughs> and the, and the, t- the telephone speaker and, and the Who are the boppers <laughs> god
1: damn it uh the beaters the so beaters. Boppers was
0: very very close bopper and bludgeoners i got to beaters but i wasn't
1: yeah there we go quite there that's okay so you score points by taking the quaffle. The Chasers take the quaffle, which is a slightly deflated volleyball into one of the three of the opposing hoops, which scores the team 10 points. There are also bludgers, meaning dodgeballs, that take out opposing players. So that's by the boppers, you know, mm-hmm. the beaters. The game is ended once the snitch is caught by one of the sneakers, and that gives the team 30 points, hopefully to your benefit. The whole Ireland will win, but Crum will catch the snitch thing. You don't want that to happen, because that means you fucking lost. And you're not a bunch of losers. No. But you are, if you're playing this game, carrying broomsticks the whole time. Takes a lot of thigh strength. It does. It's a lot of cardio in this. Wedding is also one of the few sports that has a gender rule, minus the seeker. A team may have a maximum of four players who identify as the same gender. So it has to be co-ed. Okay. And that's great because it's also one of the few sports that provides an open community for people who don't identify with the gender binary. That's nice. That is nice. So the International Quidditch Association's World Cup 2020 will be in Richmond, Virginia on July 18th and 19th. Get your broomsticks ready. I'm sure tickets are going to come out soon. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop.
0: July in Virginia is going to be moist. It's going to be real moist. Get ready.
1: Sorry. Bring a fan. Oh, man, those... Stinky, stinky broomsticks. Stinky broomsticks. We have introducing the witches of TikTok. So we see you baby witches out there. For us old folk, TikTok is very similar to Vine. It's an app where you can record up to 60 seconds of material and just share with friends and random strangers. It started as lip syncing, but it's transitioned to fashion advice, listening to angry voicemails from your ex while dancing, you know... Every teenager has those. <laughs> I love that. And even a space for young witches to put spells and charms on. TikTok user Ray Ann Wilson, with their handle being at Ray's Not Here, says it's a safe space to connect with other individuals that share the same interests. It's also the age of Aquarius. It means that this generation is much more connected to innovation, radical expressions, and originality. Many people are drawn to witch content because it connects you to the universe, which is something I believe every human is meant to do. End quote. And it has a large following. The TikTok hashtag, Witches of TikTok, has over 62 million views. God damn. So crazy. When the article that I was reading came out in October, it had like 36 million views. So it's almost doubled. Wow. Yeah. Daisy Chambers, whose handle is at r.ains, says... Witchcraft gives you a better understanding of the world and how you can help. This means that there is also now a wider movement where those who practice are taking precautions when buying tools and herbs to make sure they are ethically sourced.
0: Which is a big deal. It's like, I think that witches have been probably the most ample community, excited community to change for the better. You know, a lot of people are not using terms like spirit animal and stuff like that. People have stopped using white sage a lot and appropriating other people's cultures. I think that's really amazing. And witches aren't usually like, oh, but I can't tell. I should be able to do what I want. Usually they're like, oh,
1: man, I'm really sorry. I'll go do this other thing. Yep. I hope you're okay. Do you want to get coffee later? I love it. And I love that they're just feeling confident. These baby witches are just feeling themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm about. They're creating a nice open community where they can like talk and exchange tips. Mm-hmm. And our last story is witch doctor teaches you how to harness the power of magic in voodoo dolls. Udu, a New Orleans witch doctor, visited Canada in early December to demonstrate how to make voodoo dolls, and apparently what we all thought about voodoo dolls was completely wrong. Udu said that the biggest misconception is that voodoo dolls are used for curses. He said they are almost never used for curses, but always used for self-protection and home protection. you tell me that Scooby-Doo lied to me? probably lied to you about a bunch of things. <laughs> they were trying to say that, like, Fred and Daphne weren't fucking, well, we know the truth. <laughs> no, you're right. They didn't. They no, weren't I trying always, not to tell us. There's
0: always a lot of, like, low-key... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Sexual energy? Sexual energy that you can read between any of them yeah. because there's a lot of quotes between Velma and Daphne.
1: And Shaggy and Scooby. And Shaggy and Scooby. Mm.
0: And Shaggy and Freddy. Maybe mm. they're all fucking... Solving crimes and
1: fucking each other. I mean, if you're just in a van all the time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Voodoo dolls are commonly placed above doors and windows to protect someone's home and ward off negativity. He says that a lot of his voodoo dolls are created from Spanish moss and feathers. Udu also taught another class on creating mojo bags, which contain John the Conqueror root, which is what a fancy name for a little root, Okay. dirt from a graveyard, and shells. Mojo bags help with luck, love, or lust. Voodoo was quoted saying that magic can be used for all things, but it should always be about your own self-empowerment, your own destiny, and your own roads in life and opportunities.
0: I think that's a big sort of overarching idea for how people have approached voodoo. Mm-hmm. Because voodoo has always been, through media, like this very negative, curse-heavy, yeah. hex heavy thing. And living with someone that practices voodoo, coming to learn that everything that we think of as like this entire culture is um really just white people trying desperately to villainize black spirituality
1: yeah that's
0: all i've got to say
1: about that no totally Definitely informs the misconceptions that white people have from voodoo. And just general media has from voodoo. Mm-hmm. If it's in media, it's like the only thing you're seeing unless you know someone personally. Even like brujería and stuff like that. People yeah. always talk about they
0: want to focus on like the chickens and they want to focus on like the blood. The blood and, like, and the chicken eggs. Yes. Yeah. And, and it really doesn't, that seems to be such a small aspect Yeah, of that. Kind of like Planned Parenthood and like abortions.
1: Just like that. And now we're going to move on to our spell. Our spell. Our New Year New Us spell. That Alicia found. That I found. I did the work this time. She did. It comes once in a lifetime. (laughs) So this is our New Year's Release and Invocation Burning Ritual. So this is a super common ritual to do for the new year or if you just want to like change up your life. I'm ready Uh, for a change. Yeah, here you go. Fix me. This is it. It is inspired by Lola Pickett, but edited by me. So let's do this. You can do it alone, with a partner, or even multiple friends. Whatever you want. What you will need. Two pieces of paper. Not one, but two. A pen. You gotta write on this paper, okay? A lighter. A burning-friendly surface, like a large metal or ceramic bowl or cauldron. Something safe, and if you haven't gotten the point of it yet, big enough for your paper to burn in, where you're not catching the rest of your house or outdoors oh God, on I put fire. a whole notebook in there, exactly. it's like college rules. <laughs> yeah. I've got a lot of things to write. It's just like your high school burn book. <laughs> you just, well, let's just do it now. Let's get rid of it all. Yeah. Goodbye. I release you. <laughs> you will also need an adult if you're a baby, baby witch. And just to be safe, a large glass of water or a fire extinguisher on standby because you can just never be too safe, you know? Oh, yeah, please. Yeah, just be safe.
0: So turn the candles off.
1: <laughs> Make sure you cleanse your area ahead of time. We know this. Easy. Then you will write either a list or a letter, and you can title this, I release, and put bullet points below. This can be about things that just don't service you anymore. You can list toxic people, toxic situations, stress that doesn't serve you. Just be honest and open with yourself. On a different piece of paper, write a list of everything you want to invoke. Title this as, I invoke. Makes sense. These are feelings and situations that you welcome and would like more of. Financial freedom, intimacy, creativity, fun, family, love, I don't know. Put whatever you want. Money. Money. Financial freedom. Oh, okay. It was like a more eloquent way to put money. I, well,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, could financial also just freedom be like, could be like disassembling the capitalist system. Burning the financial to the ground.
1: Burning the glass ceiling. Yes. Until it shatters. All right, then you will take your release paper and you gum burn this bitch. Make sure you do it safely and do not burn yourself. While the paper burns, list what you put on your bulleted list. I release toxic people from creating space in my life. I release the stress of the inevitable. Stuff like that. These are big. Once the release paper is done burning, you will burn the I invoke paper. While this paper burns, list what you put on the I invoke bullets list. I invoke financial freedom. I invoke intimacy in my relationships. I invoke creativity to flow through me. I invoke the power of fun to keep me light. And voila. That's it. Happy New Year's. 2020 is going to be very difficult and politically stressful. So make sure you take the time to take care of yourself and the things and people you love. You are allowed to change yourself any day of the year, Mm -hmm. not just New Year's. And only you have the power to keep your light bright. It's true. And to stop forest fires. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And to keep our democracy from crumbling. It's all on you. Only you
0: have the power. I invoke.
1: Please vote. (laughs) All right. We'd like to thank Marcel Perez, our producer, Mallory Porter, our creative director, and Kevin McLeod for letting us use the music each week. If you want to find me, I'm Tara
0: (laughs) on Instagram. You can find me at her lovely face. That's my art one. And then you can find me at underscore little moss. And that's my personal one where I post food and stuff. And
1: if you want to find me, Alicia. I'm on Instagram at Alicia, period, Herder. That's my name. So easy. It's so easy. Here I am behind
0: all of these masks. Here I am. Do not, you cannot perceive me. <laughs> if you haven't rated us on iTunes, please, please, please give us five stars. It really doesn't matter what you say. Say I've been cursed by dark witches to write this five star review. Say that this is my good deed for the week. It's how people find us. And without a steady stream of reviews, we fall back in the charts. Also, shout out to Belgium. Which we're doing, you guys are the real ones. I invoke Belgium. I invoke Belgium. I invoke. We're on Instagram, at yes. If you're listening to us on your device, screen grab it and then send it to us. We'll feature you on our Instagram stories and you'll make friends. Yeah. You can also email us at witchyespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon. Whoop, whoop. at which Yes. And remember, patrons are getting an extra episode from Vaults of the Obscure once a month at the $5 level.
1: And that's it. Have a great new year. I hope you did because you would have already had it. Yeah, I know, but I hope it just keeps going and keeps being great. Yeah. And I guess this has been
0: which yes. yes. Bye. Bye. I love you. Platonically.